So let me, let me take this back to the beginning when you were saying as far as Wilder goes that you feel like you jinxed him. I'm curious, yeah. do you, do you somewhere inside you believe in that kind of a thing? Yes. 100%. You do really. I'm a Cleveland sports fan. Of course I do. <laughs> I just, I don't, I mean, is it something that you can explain on why, why you believe that or it uh, just, I mean, there so, are, there are so many instances that have happened. There are only so many times that your heart can be stabbed <laughs> and you cry and you run into a wall <laughs> And there's just there are only so many times that you can put up with that before you realize, man, maybe maybe they're not jinxed, maybe I'm jinxed, and I'm just rubbing off on them. Hey CEP listeners, I am Colt Bacato co-host of the CEP, and I want to welcome you to the very first episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. We're doing what we can to expand the CEP Network, and adding podcasts is the very first step. Hopefully this is just one of many shows that we add into the mix to bring you more variety and content for your listening pleasure. With this new show, my co-host Patrick Blair and I are going to bring you sports talk, music talk, and pop culture. This is going to be a weekly show, so make sure you're subscribed to the CEP Network wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of the content. With all that out of the way, for this first episode, Patrick and I cover the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder boxing rematch, the Dan Hooker and Paul Felder UFC fight, and we also discuss our favorite and least favorite sports movies of all time. So, tune in and let us know what you think. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt, and my good friend across from the table from me, Patrick Blair. How are you, dude? What's up, bro? How's it going? I'm uh, I'm I'm my heart hurts, man. I know, I'm, I know. I'm still I'm still trying to recover from what I watched last night. Uh, I owe an apology to Deontay Wilder. I think. Why? Yeah, uh, for the first time in a long time, I made a prediction on a fight, and I think I totally jinxed Deontay Wilder. Uh, <laughs> so I want to apologize to him, his family, his fans, his management, everyone, because I feel like I just fucked them. <laughs> I'm, You're one person. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I never do it. And I was actually, I made a prediction to a guy who used to fight. That's that's what makes it worse. I'm a fan. I don't know how to fight. And I, I was talking to a guy that actually knows what he's talking about. And I made a prediction like an asshole. I'm an asshole. <laughs> so I, I owe him a, a giant apology. I'm a huge fan. I, I told you this the last time we spoke. I'm uh -huh. a huge Deontay Wilder fan. I'm a huge boxing fan, period. Um, what I saw last night was bizarre i just the way he fought the way he looked the way that fury won I, I i look i don't like tyson fury i i can't stand him i don't like the the whole mental health drug addict st sort of stick that he's kind of run away with and and it's hard for me to determine whether it was real or not if it was real i hope he's recovered and i hope nothing i don't wish i don't wish bad things upon anyone however i'm gonna be behind my american champion right? My mm -hmm. undefeated American champion. He's one of the best power punchers you've ever seen in boxing history. Uh, so the, the, the narrative and just the amount of buzz and hype behind Tyson Fury and people were just shitting on Deontay Wilder. I was just, I, it bugged me for the first fight and it bugged me even more for this fight. So I, I truly went from 
let me watch this. Let me be unbiased to, I want Deontay to win. I want him to win in a, you know, a dynamic fashion. I want him to knock this motherfucker out. (laughs) And so when I was, I was texting back and forth with my buddy who used to fight, I was like, you know what? He keeps saying Fury could finish him. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm over it. I said, you know what? Wilder KO in the fourth. (sighs) He's lucky he even made it to the fourth round, man. I just, I, I don't know what I saw, man. And, and this is the this I hate. I don't want to talk conspiracy. I don't want to act like anything was rigged. You know, Deontay Wilder got fucked up. I mean, he got that first knockdown. He got hit behind the ear, so almost back, almost total back of the head. And you could tell he was bleeding out of his ear, so he probably had a burst eardrum. Uh, and you could tell that his equilibrium was just screwed after that i mean he could not get his legs under him now when, his legs were really like far apart and he couldn't get his balance and what round was that between rounds when he would stand up it was like it was painful to see man it was like if i had to compare it to like a recent i guess a semi-recent fight where you just you were just like this person's getting the shit kicked out of him and i feel bad when ronda rousey fought holly holm and again i wasn't around a fan so to watch her get beat up was somewhat satisfying, but the way she got beat up, right? I was like, man, my heart hurts. Like, I, I don't know if I can watch this. And that's how I felt about Wilder. Wilder, I was just like, what am I? It just didn't look like the guy that fought the first forty-three fights we saw him fight. It just felt weird. And he said, he kind of alluded to, you know, in his post-fight, and good for him for doing a post-fight interview. I know they're kind of supposed to, but like to get beat up like that. And then he was humble. He was a good sport, but he did kind of allude to, there was something going on with maybe one of his legs and he was going through stuff. And I don't know. I, I, I texted you. I was like, man, he's coming in 20 pounds heavier for this fight. And I, I think one of the things that I liked and maybe he knew, maybe he had inside information that Tyson Fury blew up too. I mean, could you imagine if he had weighed 212 like he did in the first fight and he was fighting a guy that weighed 273 Dude, the the weight that's difference a, still looks the weight difference still looks crazy. Yeah, it, well, Dude. it is crazy. I mean, it's yeah. two thirty four to two seventy three or whatever. Like right. two thirty two to two seventy three, forty pounds. But could you imagine sixty pounds? That's a freak show. Yeah, but something just seemed off. And and the only reason I say that, and I know like people are going to be all over Fury's nuts. They're going to say that he's a better boxer now. He implemented this game plan where he he really did dominate. Like. Tyson Fury isn't a guy that sort of moves forward and gets in your face and is like a bruiser. He uses his footwork. He uses his head movement and all this stuff to throw you off your game. And then he scores. That's what he did to Wilder in the first fight. He hurt Wilder two or three times in the first fight, but it wasn't anything like I saw last night. And he was doing these feints with his head. And he, But from the opening bell, he just moved forward. And Wilder, you could tell, was like, what is he doing? I can't believe he's moving forward on me because Wilder's always the aggressor in his fights. So, like, it was the combination of Fury's game plan plus whatever else was going on. Wilder just did not look the same. And, I again, I don't like – I'm not a Tyson Fury fan. I respect what he does. Mm-hmm. I, I, he, I mean, that was – what he did, but that was amazing. I mean, he went in against a guy who's been a champion for five years. It was his 11th title defense, and he just ran over him. I mean, you got to respect that. Now he's he's held every major belt, he's held every major title. Um, to my my two biggest, well, other than Wilder, just not looking like himself. That was the one thing that's just killing me. Like I ha- I've had to stay off social media today. I can't do it. <laughs> and when I was at the gym, uh, they had Sports Center on. 
on a loop and I could just, I'm looking up, I'm like, ah, I can't look at it. Um, (laughs) But two biggest takeaways for me should be first thing, Hey, American fight fans, pay the fuck attention to these guys from other countries. Their countries travel for their fighters and they get behind them. Wilder, you wouldn't even have thought that this fight was in the United States. Right. Fury was by far the more popular guy, by far brought the most people, had the most fans. They were louder. I mean, Keontae Wilder is an American champion and he's getting booed in Vegas. Right. I, I just, I don't get it. American fight fans, pay attention. You need to start doing this for all of your fucking fighters. I don't care if it's boxing. I don't care if it's Bellator, the UFC. Get behind your fighters, especially when they're fighting someone from another country. We don't want to start drama with the other country. The point is, hey, we have some national pride. This is our guy. Let's stand behind him. And you know that people do that for guys like Conor McGregor, clearly. And they obviously do it for guys like Tyson Fury. Right. So, like, the 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 absolute lack of just respect and just, like, Fandom for Deontay Wilder just blows me away. Last takeaway, the next fight has to be Tyson Fury versus versus Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium. It that's the, that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I've been seeing uh, all morning on social media and stuff like that is that it has, that has to be the next fight. Um, I did hear, uh, I think it was Tyson Fury on um, with Ariel Hirwani and... Ariel asked him, you know, if you win this weekend against Wilder, what's your, what's the next, you know, what's next for you? And he basically said, there's nothing, there's nothing left. I've done everything. If I, he's like, if I I win this weekend, I've done everything. So I'm curious on how true that statement is, or, I mean. Yeah. See, but he hasn't done everything. He hasn't unified all of the belts. So he has to fight Joshua. You unify all of the belts, then you've done everything. In my opinion. Yeah. He's won all of the belts now. Right. When he beat Klitschko, he didn't have the W Wilder was the WBC champ. He never got a chance to unify that. Right. That fight, the, honestly, the fight that should have happened before. And they, and this is the thing we, again, we probably won't see it because there's a rematch clause in the contract. So Wilder's going to want another fight. Right. I mean, there, there's going to be a third fight at some point, whether there's a title on the line, whether it's who knows, I think it's going to take Wilder a long time to recover from that. Not just physically, but just, psychologically because you it, the game i also was confused by his, his trainers and his, his coaches in the corner like just no sort of like support around like all right you've clearly been taken out of your game you, he hurt you here's what we need to do like there was nothing there was a and then they threw in the towel like yeah. i get it gotta look after your fighter but wilder was saying you could read his lips he was like why'd you do that just let me go out like and I know, like, in, in this day and age with, you know, brain trauma and CTE, like, it, it's we don't see it as much anymore where, you know, corners will let their guys just get knocked dead. Right. But I get what I get why he wanted to, to sort of go out on a shield. I get why his corner st- – I mean, his corner stopped because he was – I mean, he was getting beat up. There's just no other way of looking. He wasn't getting outboxed. He wasn't getting outclassed. He was getting beat up. And like I said, it was hard to watch. But you got to – you got to do – Joshua Fury, while they both have the belts. Otherwise, who cares? You right. know, both from England. Do it over at Wembley. It will be a huge fight. Uh, and and then if Tyson Fury win that, wins that, okay, yeah, you've done everything. But the, the, these guys, he's just that. But that's what he does, though. He just he creates his he controls the narrative around him. He doesn't let anyone else dictate where 
you know, the, the, the next story is going to go. He's always got it like right there at his fingertips. Like he and he knows he knows how to manipulate what the media says about him because he says things like that, because he says, you know, if I be wilder, I'm going to go party with hookers and I'm going to do blow. Right. Even though we spent a goddamn year talking about your redemption story and about right. how you were 350 pounds and all you did was eat uh, Big Macs and you did blow and you drank, you know, 50 beers a day or whatever he said he was doing. Do you see the story? They said he drank like 30 Diet Cokes a day before the first Wilder fight. Slow down, man. Seriously? Like, wow. I think that's worse than drinking 30 beers a day. It's got to be, right? I, I don't know. I love Diet Coke, though, so I should probably. Yeah, but um, you don't love it that much. I don't. I definitely do not. No. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So uh, of course I didn't get to watch the fight, but I did watch a lot of the highlights this morning. Was there a yeah. knockdown? Uh, was Wilder knocked down before the third round, or was the ver- the opening bell of the third round the first time he was knocked down? The third round was the first one, and it was the shot behind the ear. Okay, so yeah, that's what I thought down. you were. That's what I thought you were talking about. So as soon as the bell went off, Fury went straight at him and just. I mean, knocked, you know, yeah. knocked him down right off the bat. And Wilder, as soon as he hit the ground, he looked straight at the ref like, what the yep. hell? What, what's the reason for that? In the back of the head. So he thought it was an illegal shot. Yeah, and his corner was complaining about it when he went okay. back to the corner. Okay. Um, it's close. It, it was close, man. I mean, but a beautiful shot. I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, Fury... And that was the thing, too. I've, I've watched the replay on that as hard as it is. Wilder's defense on that was just... I don't, I don't know. He was carrying his left hand low, which he likes to do because he likes to sort of deceptively cock that right hand because it's one of the best punches in boxing. I mean, it's, he's got arguably the best knockout power and then he gets, and then he gets KO'd by a guy who's not known for knockout power. It's just, again, I, I, I'm not saying the fix is in, I'm by no means saying that, but every time I get my hopes up on a boxer, stuff like this happens. I got, I, I got to, I got to stop. I just, I don't, I don't know how else to contain my excitement around that. I mean, I think the last time I did that was, man, I don't know. I did get excited for the Pacquiao Mayweather fight because that, that was just because I just wanted Pacquiao to win. I think everyone did at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can remember back, like maybe it was, I think it was when Evander Holyfield got stopped by Riddick Bowe. I was a little kid, but you know, Holyfield was my guy. Like I, I was a fan, and I was definitely I, I was devastated to see him lose. And I kind of have I'm having the same feeling now. I don't. It's it's weird, but yeah. I mean, I think Wilder will be back. How soon? Have no idea. And if they book that rematch right away, that's gonna surprise. I get well again. Fury's gonna sort of control that that whole thing. So we'll see. So know. so in boxing versus MMA, like how much. Like the the fighter themselves, the the champion, how much say do they have in who they fight next and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think it's oh well, it's definitely different than MMA. Okay, I mean, because of these contracts that boxers sign, you know, typically a champion's not going to sign a contract without the rematch clause in it. I mean, that's why we saw Joshua Ruiz too. Okay, uh, because it was they had an immediate rematch clause in that contract. So, uh, but a guy like Tyson Fury, he's so wildly popular. Um, in that deal he signed with ESPN at the time, I was even with one of the ones that was kind of like, what a, I mean, he's just taking the easy way out. But if you look at the trajectory of where that starting, starting at the beginning of that deal and the two fights he booked, like I said, Wilder, he fought Dominic Brazil and then a rematch with, uh, um, Luis Ortiz. 
Nortiz is a big power puncher. So Wilder fought two former title challengers in between fighting Fury the first and second time. Fury fought two undefeated young guys who no one had ever really sort of outside of like hardcore boxing fans had ever heard of. So the challenge, the, the, the talk was like, well, obviously he's just taking weak fights until he gets that big, right. big moment. Well, it made sense. I, he knew what he was doing, obviously. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, what else do you say? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. And then he, he sang American pie in the ring <laughs> after his interview was over and he got the whole crowd into it just to make me hate him more. Like, eh. <laughs> insult to injury, whatever, man. <laughs> He earned it. I, I can't can't say it. So, so speaking of fights that you have been excited for, you might be excited for. Um, I, I know that they're saying that Connor's going to fight at least two more times this year in the UFC, or they're wanting yeah. him to at least. But there's also the the stir around possibly fighting or doing another boxing match again, and you know, of course, names like Pacquiao are being thrown around and stuff like that. Is that something you would want to see? Uh, yeah, man, I like freak shows. Why not? I got super excited for the Mayweather fight. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, that whole thing was entertaining. People can say what they want. Like Floyd was just playing around with him, but that was a fun fight to watch. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. The fact that he went in there with a guy who's arguably, arguably the greatest boxer of all time. He had zero professional boxing fights. The fact that he went in there with that much confidence and, and was able to land a few shots and lasted until the 10th round. Yeah. I know like people are like, well, it's not a consolation prize. I get it. But he, that's a one in a million. I mean, that's a one in a million uh, opportunity. And the way that he handled it, I don't think anyone could handle it like that. Right. But my boy Stipe was quick to get to social media and be like, hey, Tyson Fury, what's up? Yeah. I, that I, you know, I want to see that because maybe I shouldn't see that because I'm probably a bigger Stipe fan than a Wilder fan. So yeah. Stipe got KO'd by Fury. I'd probably blow a microchip. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's a spectacle, and it it was fun, but I, I just don't know. I, I don't know if it it, it did the that first fight definitely lived up to the hype. And I, I guess I'm curious if it's not just Connor, if there's any other fighters in the UFC, um, like even Stipe. Do you think Stipe is a big enough name to to make that a hell of a draw for a show? Uh is Stipe a big enough name? I think he would be after a few months of promoting it. If you Tyson Fury is the guy he's fighting. Yeah, I think so. But Stipe has a, a boxing background. Like he fought golden gloves and all that stuff. So gotcha. uh, it, again, I don't, I don't think that he can outbox Tyson Fury, but I think there's the sort of the experience there where people kind of, they, the angle about, okay, he's never had a professional fight and he's fighting a professional boxer, arguably one of the best. I don't know if we can spin that anymore than it's already been spun with that McGregor fight, May, McGregor Mayweather fight. Right. But if you take the angle of, well, Stipe used to box. He was pretty successful at it. He's an MMA champion two times. Like, uh, I don't know. You could you could find a way, but I, I don't know. I don't see Tyson Fury doing it, to be honest. I mean, he has all of the options in the world now. He's already done stuff in the WWE. I think, wasn't he, I don't watch wrestling, but wasn't he on like, it was like the main event of a pay-per-view? He was something. I I know he was involved, but I'm not sure exactly what what, what he did. But I mean, that's a... There's there's several UFC or at least ex UFC fighters that are have moved yeah. over there, like Cain Velasquez went over there, right? Isn't he with the WWE now? I don't know if he's with. I know he's wrestling. I don't know if it's WWE, but oh, he, okay. I saw like highlights of it. He actually looked really convincing doing it. 
but I think he's like, but he, but he loves it. Like he follows it. Like it's like, it's been like sort of like a secondary, and I don't know this for sure, but I think I read it. Who knows if it was true, but a secondary dream to fighting MMA was being a professional wrestler. Right. But yeah, I think Tyson Fury has all of the options. He, 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 uh, he gets to make the choices. That's just, if I made an educated guess, he's going to be the one deciding. I don't think anyone's going to be deciding for him. So whether it's a rematch with Wilder, a fight with Joshua, which I think, again, I think that that should be the one. Or if it's a crossover fight. I don't know. The one guy crossover, though, and I actually read an article on ESPN about this. The one guy that they, uh, these guys, you know, these sort of experts or analysts think could cross over and cross over well is Masvidal. And I know he called out Canelo. Really? Yeah. But, I, again, I like freak shows. I'll watch it. Again, I guess it's for me the star power. I mean, do they have? You know, Connor was the biggest thing ever going into right. that fight with with Mayweather. So I just, yeah, I'm curious on if there's any other uh, if there's any other fighters in the UFC that have a big enough name that could be a big enough draw for any any boxing match out there. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think name recognition recognition alone will do it. I, like I said, there's going to have to be the build up and the in the marketing behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else does now. Yeah. No. Uh, the only one, maybe, and this is a huge maybe, would be John Jones. But I don't even see him doing it. He hasn't. I don't even think he's even thrown his hat in the ring as far as. Yeah, I'll cross over. I'll, I'll box. I don't think he's even done it. So yeah, no. I mean, name recognition alone isn't going to get it done. But. I would love I would love to see Stipe end his career that way. On a, blow, take, on a blowout, take, yeah. But, take I, a fight, yeah. get get the huge the huge payday, and just call it a day. I mean, he's thirty seven. That's you know. So I don't know. You didn't but, watch the UFC fights? No, just I'm I'm a highlights on that too. I'm failing incredibly. Slacker. I know, right? But uh, uh, the main event was a great fight. Yeah, it was. That was. Uh, it was really. I, I feel bad again. I feel bad for Paul Felder, he's been doing it for so long. Yeah. Uh, but that was a great fight. I mean, it could have gone either way. I think that that takedown that Hooker landed with you know whatever it was like a minute left in the the final round. I yeah. think that probably sealed the deal for him. Yeah. Felder had the slight significant strike advantage. I mean, it was really close. Uh, the, you know what happens with a guy like Felder because he's so pale and the scar tissue and all that, he wears the fight worse than other fighters yeah like i felt like he landed more significant strikes yeah to hook his face and head but it looked like paul felder went ran into a brick wall face first a couple of times <laughs> yeah so like and i'm not god knows uh mma has the best judging in the world so i'm not saying that swayed the judge's decision any but right hashtag sarcasm um okay so so you mentioned judging this is a topic that's been presented here lately and if it even if they decided to do it it would take a long time before they would implement it but i want to get your opinion on open scoring for ufc or for mma in general i've i've heard a lot of the goods and the bads about it so i want to get your opinion first before i give mine uh i think it should happen i I like the idea i think fighters should know where they stand the bottom line is if you well prince if if there had been open scoring uh, last night, for instance, mm-hmm. for Paul Felder to know that he was behind on one of the judges' scorecards would have helped, right? Now, does it change his game plan? Maybe. Does it does it mess with a fighter's head? 
you know you got to go out there and win anyway. And every no fighter wants a, a fight to go to a, a decision. They just don't. Right. So I think having the ability to do that, and I mean, they're already doing it in, is it one? I think it's one FC. They already do the open scoring thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's either one FC or Ryzen. I can't remember which one it is. But no, if it were just me, I mean, if it were me, I'd be in there and, and perhaps that would psychologically alter my approach. But why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If your coaches aren't getting it done saying, hey, you got to go out and knock this guy out. Perhaps the coach is saying that with the idea that, hey, this judge doesn't think you're going to win this fight. OK, mate, I think it, it, I think it will make for more entertaining fights, too. And I think that's an angle that most people don't talk about. They think they do it for the benefit of the fighters to know. But I think for the for the viewer to see two guys in there who know they're in such a close fight. Right. They're going to go after it if they need to. Yeah, I guess, I guess the opposite side of that is that it once it gets into the later rounds, it could be become more of a one sided fight, because if you know that you are. You know, if, if you're in a three-round fight and you know that you've won the first two rounds, you may take it a little lighter in that third round and just do what you need to do to win. But then also, the other guy is going to be busting his ass to try to get the win. So, you know, regardless, right. the the guy who's up on the scorecard is still going to have to do, you know, defend his ass off. So, I, I, I don't know. I get, I get both ways. I, I, I kind of lean more towards I would like to see it. But I don't know if it would fix... I mean, it's still the judges scoring, so. Yeah, no, it's still it's still in the hand, hands of the judges, but yeah. uh, you know, at least for the the fighters and the coaches to know, I think would be helpful. And if anything, you know, I but you gotta look at it this way: if you're fighting a guy like a, uh, for for instance, if you're fighting a guy like Khabib, right? He's beating you up for four rounds. You're entering that fifth round now. He knows he's beating you up. Is he going to coast? Mm, he's a champion. Probably not. But there's got to be somewhere on the back of his mind that he knows he's up four rounds. Right. So he might take 30, 45 seconds off of the round. That's the 30, 45 seconds of opportunity that you're likely you, – you never get that opportunity against – you rarely get it against a guy like Khabib. So if you know that you are in fact down four rounds – Again, the psychological factor comes into play on both sides. You know, you're going to be looking for those those windows of opportunity, right? Rather than I got to defend the takedown, rather than I got to defend, 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 defend. You know, take those small small chances. Uh, but again, it, it, you know, that goes into game plan and just fighters being better than other fighters. And you know, when Khabib fought Poirier, Poirier tried he tried to capitalize on what little opportunity he had with the striking, with the, you know, the guillotine attempt. And he had a tight guillotine on him too, but I don't know, man, some fighters just know how to win fights. And then some sort of do rely on just getting scoring the, the knockout, you know? I, yeah. But I do, I still do think even for both sides, even for guys that know how to win fights and for guys that, you know, and say, and when I say by win fights, mean how to score points and how to keep stay ahead on the judges scorecards, even for those guys. And then even for guys that just go balls to wall, I think open scoring helps both. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, we'll actually have to see it, you know, actually work in the UFC, actually get sort of implemented and then actually work. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, I just, just judging in general just drives me absolutely insane. And the fact that they don't have, I, I really wish the UFC had their own judges that went through their meticulous 
training yeah. and everything, and that those people traveled around with the UFC. I don't understand why it's got to be a commission-to-commission thing as far as the judges go. That's why athletic commissions exist, because... <laughs> Because they get to control that stuff, you know what I mean? No, it's just stupid. It's, it's like they're a they're a they're a money partner to have. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Whether it's the UFC's own guys or it's former fighters, and I actually saw someone made a good argument against former fighters doing it. But yeah, there has to be something else. I mean, there there there's been bad decisions uh, recently. But then a lot of times, like a decision last night, like, okay, that fight's so close. It could go either way. That's when I think draws should happen. I, I don't think it taints a guy's record to have a draw on the record at all. So what happens now is Paul Felder was ranked one spot ahead of Hooker. Hooker's likely going to leapfrog him. And Felder falls that much further away from that, you know, that, if anything, that title eliminator fight. Mm-hmm. Because he lost a split decision in a fight where he outstruck the guy. And he couldn't avoid a desperation takedown in the fifth round. You know what I mean? If you score a draw, they either have a rematch or, you know, they both sort of stay even in the rankings, right? And who knows what the rankings either. The rankings kind of are the same way as the judging where you just it, – sometimes you go, what? Right. How did that, but whatever. Um, so they stay – they at least stay where they are in the rankings. So they either fight again or their next fight is against someone behind them in the rankings, Right. You gotta earn your spot, and and you know Felder number five, Hooker number six. You gotta earn that sort of middle of the top ten spot by either fighting each other again or fighting someone behind you who's more than willing to uh, go go for broke against you to move up in the rankings and get that shot. So know? so if this is a rematch fight, who does Hooker have next? Your thoughts? Well, he called out Gaethje. I don't think Gaethje would be even entertaining the idea of fighting Hooker. Gaethje wants that he, McGregor fight. Say, yeah, he's in, he's in title shot. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see a rematch because Felder kind of hinted like this maybe his that was might have been his last fight, which yeah. I think is is a uh, is a shame. I mean, he's an absolute uh, he's a savage man. He's never been knocked down. You know, he he goes for and he fought the guy like Hooker. You know, Hooker had the reach advantage, so. Felder had to get hit in order to hit him, and he—you could tell he took damage, but you could tell in the later rounds he was landing the more significant shots. Like he—he's a badass man. So I, you know, for him to retire on a split decision would just be—that would be—that would be a shame. I don't. I hope I don't. I hope we don't see that. I hope if anything he gets another fight with someone close to the, you know the top eight in the division. If he does not retire, he is a great comment. He's a great commentator, great analyst. Yeah, for sure. So it's not like he's uh doesn't have options, and he said he could always go back to acting if he wants, which is hilarious. He acted? I, I didn't know that. He majored in theater in college. Oh, that kind of acting. I thought you meant like yeah. And he was wow. on uh, you never saw? Do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I do. Did you even see the episode with uh, episode episode with him and Donald Cerrone? The the uh. I yeah, but I guess I never re- I never realized who he that he was in it. Holy cow. What was the shitty product that Mac and Charlie were the, pitching to uh, The crow milk or fight milk. milk. Fight milk. And they were just shitting and puking <laughs> their brains out. Yeah. yeah, that was Paul Felder and uh, Cowboy. I didn't realize it was Paul Felder. I knew Cowboy was there. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope he doesn't retire, man. I hope there's another. He's got, a, he's got I mean, he's 35, 36. Might have just turned 36. So, yeah, I mean, he. I hope he has a few more fights left in him, but. So let me let me take this back to the beginning when you were saying as far as Wilder goes that you feel like you jinxed him. 
I'm curious, yeah. do you, do you somewhere inside you believe in that kind of a thing? Yes. 100%. You do really. I'm a Cleveland sports fan. Of course I do. <laughs> I just, I don't, I mean, is it something that you can explain on why, why you believe that or it uh, just, I mean, there so, are, there are so many instances that have happened. There are only so many times that your heart can be stabbed <laughs> and you cry and you run into a wall <laughs> And there's just there are only so many times that you can put up with that before you realize, man, maybe, maybe they're not jinxed, maybe I'm jinxed, and I'm just rubbing off on them. You know, the 2016 World Series, for instance. You know, if, if you ask me going into <clears throat> into Game Five, is there any way the Indians can lose this series? They're up three-one. I'll be like, no, no, they got this. And then they lose Game Five, and then you get that. That funny feeling, <laughs> that just horrible, horrible feeling, and then they lose game six. And I'm like, all right, we got game seven at home. And then Dexter Fowler hits a home run in the first inning off Corey Kluber, and you're like, I got, I'm, 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 I suck. I can't, <laughs> I can't be a fan of this team anymore. They're, they're losing because of me. So yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I, I immediately felt it when that, the bell rang and Fury went out like he did. I was like, oh no, this doesn't look good. And you know you're, but you're on the edge of your seat because Wilder has that punching power, and you, it, one shot could change it. And he hit him with a good right hand in that first round, and Fury's eyes opened up real big, and he was like, oh, "Okay, all right, yep, it's still there." <laughs> but I don't know. He just looked Wilder just looked labored and and just out of sorts from the start of the fight. I I, I don't know. Again, it's not the guy that I've seen fight before. Oh man, that's that's a bummer. But yeah, man, I'm just uh, I'm yeah. I feel jinxed in a way, but whatever. It's fun. Give me something to talk about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, you've only been ranting for like a half an hour. <laughs> it's only a... That's good. Only, I mean, I could only take so many shots at tequila during Game 7 of the 2016 World Series before I was like, yep, it's me. It's me. The booze isn't even helping anymore. I can't watch anymore. I'm terrible. Have you ever actually like turned off a game or uh, not watched a game on purpose or anything like that because you I, felt like what if you watched it, it would be jinxing them. I can't bring myself to do it. I've thought about it. I've, th I've actually turned the TV off, walked away and then walked back and turned it on as I could. I couldn't, I couldn't give up. Yeah. I, I'm, but that's the thing. I like to be optimistic about it too. Even though I'm like, yep, here we are again. This is, this is totally, totally fitting. And then I'll go, yeah, but we still have hope. There's still, there's still a minute left. We could, we could pull this off there. You know, there's still three strikes left. We can, um, no, I've come close. I felt that way about the Blues for a long time, too. I felt like every game I went to in person, they lost. Every time I got a chance to watch them on TV, they lost. Finally, people were like, man, you got to stop. Like, like I'm, a, I'm a big Blues fan, but even like my, my Bluesier friends, they're like, dude, you got to stop watching. I think it's you. I was like, yeah, I agree. It's me. <laughs> so... Is that, is that Blues and Hoosier mixed together? Is that what you just did? The Bluesiers, yeah, man. The Bluesiers? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Blues, though, they are on a, a, They're on a tear. A whole, yeah, well, coming off of a not-so-good tear. Right. But yeah, big, and big rebound. Not having, you know, Petrangelo and Bo Meester and, you know, still not having Tarasenko. They're doing pretty well for just the fact of not having Tarasenko all season and they're still doing as well as they have is pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, they just, they just beat a good team, 4 to nothing. so... Do they spanked them. Yeah, so... 
that's me trying not to jinx the blues. Now they're yeah, going to go on like a 10 game losing streak. Yeah, now. Watch. I don't have any, I don't have any wooden here, but I'm going to blame you for it. I'm going to pull, <laughs> I'm going to pull this clip. <laughs> yeah. Let everybody know that you did it. Sure. Yeah. So everybody can come find me and kick my ass. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about a little bit about the direction on the show that we're recording right now because we kind of just jumped into letting you cry for a little bit and it's good. now, it's that's, good now that's over with. <laughs> now that that's over with. Um, so this is a show that you've been wanting to do for a long time, and by a long time I mean like five years plus. You've been thinking about trying to do something like this. Why are you telling people my business? Am I not supposed to? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I get you know. I've always wanted to do uh, just a podcast. And again, it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel here or reinventing the wheel. But no, just being my background in music and sports and uh, you know journalism and working sports radio and all these things that I've done, I just always wanted to get together with uh, friends who have had the same experiences and bullshit and talk about them and talk about uh, you know sports is a big one for me uh and music obviously um just to talk about it yeah i just wanted to do that uh whether it's you know i i don't want to sit here and share my own experiences i think that's kind of douchey however if i had someone who could share their own then i could maybe uh, <laughs> indulge a little bit but yeah. um you, you know my, by my experiences i mean you know playing music and stuff like that so i've just wanted to get like uh you know various people together from various backgrounds, but, you know, band guys to talk about shows they've played that have been a nightmare shows they played that have gone great. And, uh, you know, their favorite bands from a time period and era, because, because that's what sort of, uh, in, you know, influenced the way that they went and their, you know, their direction of music and things like that. So, you know, I just wanted to do something where there were no limits to what we talk about, right. you know, again, just sort of spontaneously go on these rants about whatever, whether it be, uh, sports, music, pop culture, you know, uh, anything, movies, whatever the case may be. So, no. Yeah. And oh. then you jumped in and said, cool, I'm going to steal the idea and then get rid of you after the first episode. And I was like, all right, man, that sounds great. I mean, that's definitely, sure. it's definitely crossed my mind. I wanted to see how things were going to go first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So far, we're doing okay, I believe. But, uh, yeah. so, so Raised on the Radio is the name we're going with. Uh, that is another name that came from you, part of your business. But if you give a little detail behind Raised on the radio. Raised on the radio. Yeah. Uh, to quite simply put it, I was raised on the radio. I grew up listening to. No, well, the radio doesn't. I mean, it's 2020, man. The radio doesn't really. Uh, I know it exists, and I know people still listen. But during when I was a teenager, you know, if I wanted to discover new music and I just wanted to find out about, find out about something going on in my city or anything, I listened to the radio for that. Right. I, I didn't have. Uh, and even starting at like in bands and playing in bands, like the thing that you wanted to do was be on the radio. That was just my dream. My, I didn't care about anything I want. I did other than I want to be on the radio and not only do I want to be on the radio, but I want the song that I have on the radio to be, uh, censored because there were either curse words or something inappropriate. <laughs> and, like that was my only goal when I was a teenager. So yeah, I mean, that was like what you look forward to. And then, you know, social media has taken over and just the way that we get our content is different. Um, so the idea of the idea of raised on the radio, I just wanted it to be sort of a, with a podcast and talking to people about stuff like we've talked about for the last 40 minutes or whatever, just a, a throwback to listening to the radio and listening to guys go on rants about whatever, you know, <laughs> it could be anything. And again, really they're not being sort of a, 
uh, specific sort of ring of content that we're relying on. We're just kind of just, again, just organically having a conversation. And I, I think that's what podcasts are. Well, I know that's what podcasts are anyway, because I'm a fan of podcasts, but you know, uh, just for the, for it to happen organically. So yeah. So throwback to the music days of, you know, you discover shit on the radio, you listen to sports radio, you listen to games, you listen to talk radio, all that stuff. Just combine it all. Just have a, a good, a good conversation with someone about the things that you're interested in. So Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, like bringing somebody on to talk about the old days of, you know, being young in a band. And I'd love to hear some of those stories, especially from local St. Louis guys, some of the horror stories from back then from the old venues and stuff like that. I bet that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We, I, we know plenty of them that could talk about it. So yeah, no, I mean, and that's the other thing too, that to talk about that would be fun for me because I've sort of I've kind of been out of the local music scene for a while now. Like, I don't know about any of the newer bands and I, that's probably my fault. And I kind of probably sound like an asshole and I swear I'm not, I'm not doing it on purpose. Like, Oh, fuck <laughs> these bands. you know, yeah. uh, I just haven't, I just haven't, uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so yeah, talking about those stories and then if anyone could fill me in on newer stuff, I would be more than willing to, <laughs> to listen. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I haven't, uh, I, I don't even know the last time I went to a show like a local show. And that used to be something that we all look forward to on the weekends. It was like, Oh, such and such is playing. I'm going cool. And you knew 10, 12 beers later, you were going to end up somewhere where you shouldn't have been and <laughs> doing something you shouldn't have been doing. So that's fun stuff. This is, yeah. all, I, I imagine this is all one venue you're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. You're probably thinking I'm going on the pops angle. There. I, that's what I was thinking. Definitely one of them. Sure. <laughs> but no, there, were, there were others, but yeah. So, reminiscing if you want to call it uh call it that uh sure why not so yeah again the idea was just let's just talk about whatever and let's uh you know and obviously you and i sort of bond on mma and excuse me don't mainly mma but you let me go on my my wilder heartbreaking rant there for a second so yeah yeah so let's uh let's throw a couple of things in here that we talked about off air you had mentioned uh, a new movie that's coming out with Ben Affleck that you said didn't look good. And I watched the trailer for this. And as far as like a feel good, you know, movie, it doesn't look terrible to me. Oh Jesus. But, but if, if, it depends on what you're going in it for. Are you going in it to be a great, a fantastic movie? Or are you going into it because it's got that feel good feeling to it? What's it called? The way back. I, I think it's the way back, not the way back. I wanted to say it like that, though, because that's how it looks on the trailer, right? The way that it's positioned and everything. Um, why not just call it On the Way Back or On My Way Back? That's a terrible name. Anyway, see, this is this is what happens. Jeez. So, no, I, I'm not a Ben Affleck fan. Okay. However. Is there is there a certain Ben Affleck movie that has turned you off of Ben Affleck? Or is it just overall you're just not a fan of his acting? Oh man, he's had a ton of stinkers. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he played Batman pisses me off, and I didn't even see those. <laughs> didn't he play Daredevil? Uh, I don't know. I that's yeah. one that's one realm. Is Daredevil that I've the never... blind one? The what? Isn't Daredevil blind? I have no idea. Okay, that's one realm. That's one realm that I'm not involved. I don't know anything about any of the. I don't really either. Yeah. So, well, the reason that I even said anything is because so I'm not a Ben Affleck fan. And again, you know, just my personal taste. I am, however, 
a fan of sports movies. So this movie, right. he plays a basket. I, I'm assuming it, it looks like high school, yeah, high school basketball coach. And what I'm also a fan of is exposing terrible, terrible, terrible sports movies. Okay. So the one thing that can happen in a sports movie that immediately is going to turn me off is that the actors do not look convincing playing the sport that they're playing in the movie, right? So if they don't okay. look athletic, yeah, they don't look convincing, I, you, you've lost me. I don't care if he gives an Academy Award-winning performance as this drunken high school coach. You've lost me already. Yeah. And that's kind of the vibe I got from the trailer. Now, again, it's just a trailer, and I'm sure once the movie's finally on Netflix, I'll eventually watch 15 minutes <laughs> of it and get re-pissed off. But yeah. it had me thinking of like my favorite sports movies and my least favorite sports movies. Okay, so give me... And they were really easy for me to jot down, by the way. I'm, I'm sure they were. Both. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't have thought you would have brought up this topic if you couldn't do this in two seconds. It took me two seconds, honestly. Yeah. Okay, it so really did. so did you do five of each? Five of your favorite and five or five best, five worst sports movies of all time? I did. Okay. I got it. Okay, start wherever you want, and then I'll throw in my two cents well, on. Well, let's go. Let's go worst to best. So let's end on a positive note at least. So my five worst. So number five, I have any given Sunday. That's a worst, really. Can't stand that movie. Okay. Oh, Al Pacino as a football coach. Okay, <laughs> here comes a big speech. Hate it. Cameron Diaz as an owner or something. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of my face. Okay. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Dennis Quaid as quarterbacks. Nope, I'm good. Didn't buy it. I just hated every second of it. I, got I actually it. made it through. The, and of course, they had the cliche, like, uh, bro-y, like, douchebag, kind of like gangsta dudes in the locker room. I'm like, can we please... Does, yeah. Do we have to we have to fulfill every stereotype with this movie because it's a football movie? Right. Can we just have a normal locker? I don't know. Anyway, uh, number four, The Replacements, another football movie. Uh-huh. Fucking hated it. How do you put Gene Hackman in a movie? He's one of the best actors of all time. How do you put him in a movie and it still suck? <laughs> Could have been because Keanu Reeves was a quarterback. That might have been it. That's a possibility. But, I don't then want again, but, then again, but then again, why does Gene Hackman even do it? That's I mean, I know it's I know it's I know it's money, but still. Um, were they trying to recreate that uh, that Hoosiers glory, which is yeah. a great movie? Yeah, for and sure, it was really great in it. But yeah. no, that movie, and of course, all the stereotypes. the The kicker was like a drunken Irishman or whatever, and he had to wear. Uh, oh God, I just hated it. So it's so hokey and dumb, like smoking cigarettes in the locker room and on the field. Get out of here. Number three, Summer Catch. I don't even know what that is. Okay, so this is a movie where they tried to convince us that Freddie Prinze Jr. played baseball. <laughs> now, normally I would feel bad about saying any movie with Jessica Biel in a bikini or like underwear is a bad movie. I, right. It doesn't feel good saying that, but this movie stinks um they had the guy the 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 sort of like rebel dude who was like the big hot prospect he wore like a blue glove with flames and he had spiky blonde hair that he didn't wear a baseball hat when he pitched fuck off you're playing baseball put a fucking hat on dude and then uh they oh the worst the worst they tried to convince me that wilmer valderrama was athletic and he, there were scenes where he had to like run out to, I think he played maybe second base or short. So he looked like he had a stick up his ass, dude. Stop. 
putting these guys in movies playing sports. Was this was this before that 70s show or after or during? Probably during the time. I mean, this was like How do you It t- had to have been early you, 2000s. How do you take him from that 70s show and make him a baseball player? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Now you know why I hate it. <laughs> okay. Uh number 2 Major League 2. Okay, that was another one a cliche one that I like I said, I told you off air. There's, there's. You, I, I only went with like one worst because there's. I didn't want to go with the cliche, terrible movies that everybody hates. So it's a little bit more personal for me. So as a diehard Cleveland Indians fan, yeah, I figured that's where you're going with this. Who, you know, <laughs> I, you know, all we, all we've had is the movie Major League since 1948, their last World Series, right? Or that's all we had for a while, anyway. I mean, they went to the World Series like six years after that movie came out, and then again two years later, and then again in 2016. But yeah, that was like our World Series. Was it is a, a fictional movie, and they they because they win in the end. It's like grown men crying in bars and shit, watching Major League in bars <laughs> because the Indians are actually doing so poorly in real life. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was so corny, and also. You can't, and this is no disrespect to Omar Epps, because he's actually in a poster behind me. I got juice up on my wall. Oh, wow. No disrespect to Omar Epps, but you cannot replace Wesley Snipes with Omar Epps. And A, expect us not to notice, and B, expect us not to hate it. In the beginning of the movie, they show clips from Major League One with Wesley Snipes in it. And then you immediately, the next cut is Omar Epps. And I'm like, you're not really thinking that we think that's the same person, right? right? Like yeah. you don't think we're that dumb. Yeah. And then like Rick Vaughn, all of a sudden is like this high price talent and he's, he's uh money has gotten to his head. Oh, I hated everything about it. All right. It's one of the worst movie sequels of all time. It, it easily like the first movie was like dramatic and funny. Like it was, it, there was nothing corny about it. Like it was a very well done movie. And then this one, it's like, well, why not make another one? I mean, they yeah. the last one ended well, so we could just continue that. You know, they won, but they lost, so let's bring them back. I hated it. Um, so number one is Bull Durham. Okay. It's really hard for me to put words together that describe how much I hate this movie. The only way I can describe it is this. First of all, it's a chick flick. It's a rom-com. Yeah. It's not a baseball movie. Don't and, I, and like baseball enthusiasts think this is the best baseball movie ever made. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. For me to go, my only argument to those guys that say this is a good baseball movie is watch Tim Robbins throw a baseball in that movie, and that should be all you need. Yeah, they still, it's like baseball royalty to them. Like the movie can do no wrong. Just actors not looking convincing playing the sport is ultimately what I can't stand about it. And then he's wearing, he's listening to the the middle aged lady who sluts around the the clubhouse and he's putting on her panties and shit. Stop. I don't know. What do you got? My number one is the sixth man. Did you ever see the sixth man? The sixth man is with that the Wayans brothers. Wayans? Yeah. Yeah. Where one God, of I one of them? Huh? I forgot about that. What is he like? An angel in it or something? Yeah, he died. They're they're brothers and they're both playing basketball. One of them dies on the court, has a heart attack, and then comes back as an angel. To help his brother, his brother who now has to take over as basically the, you know, lead of the team, and he helps him as an angel. It is ridiculous. So it's Sean and Marlon Wayans. I 
I believe so. I would, have, I would have to double check that, but I don't. We're happy and we're singing it. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say the next line of that. Wow. Yeah, I forgot about that movie, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie all the way through. So they basically took, they took the Hank Gathers and Bill Kimball story and just said, you know what, let's just make them brothers and then we'll run with it. Do you know that story? Uh-uh. So Hank Gathers was a uh, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball played at Loyola Marymount College. Okay, this is like in the mid to late '80s. They're smaller school, but they were both Hank Gathers was like one of the best players in the country, and they were just ripping shit up. And Hank Gathers had a heart attack uh, one time on the court while he was at the free throw line, got his heart checked, and then he passed out again like a couple of games later, and eventually died. Nice. Bo Kimball was then they like grew up playing together, and Bo Kimball was the guy who had to sort of. Uh, take the team to the NCAA tournament without Hank Gathers. There was a, there's like been a couple of movies. There's I know there was a TV movie made about this. And if you don't cry at the end of it, you have no soul. <laughs> but that came out when I was a little kid. And then um, there's a 30 for 30 about this. It's really good. The name is escaping me, but I'll tell you about that later. Really good. Do you watch the 30 for 30s? I've heard people talk about having a, there being a lot of really good ones, but I've never really put oh, the so investment into it. I need to. They're so well done. If you have ESPN Plus, you got them all there. Yeah, I think didn't they just come out with one with Michael Vick? Yep, a two-parter. Is it good? Is it pretty good? I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I've only oh, okay. seen part one. Part one and like five minutes of part two. But part two was all about like his redemption coming back into the league. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a touchy subject for me as the dog owner. Yeah, I, remember I get that. it. That was that was weird. But you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't, he did his time. So yeah, whatever. I'll eventually watch part two, but yeah, dude, they did the, just the Chuck and Teal ones. One of the newer ones too. The what? That one's really good. The what? The Chuck, the Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are some great ones, but yeah, there's one about Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball. It's really good. Okay. Uh, so the sixth man, Jesus, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. And when, when we came up with, when you said best and worst movies, I, I wasn't going into it like you're doing. Like, I have emotional attachments to why these are fucking terrible movies. <laughs> I was yeah. coming into this like, I remember watching this movie and being like, that was terrible. Or I, I really was invested in this movie. Yeah. I, it's kind of bizarre. Like, I always think about it. The, the fact that a movie about the Cleveland Indians was even made is it's surreal to me still to this day. I mean, that came out when I was... I don't know, eight, seven, eight years old. So like to think about it still, I'm like, I can't believe they did that. Right. And, but what do you know? So what are your best? So my number one is remember the Titans. God, that almost made my worst list. No shit. I, I can't I, stand that. movie. After you, t- after you said any given Sunday, I just, for some reason, it just made me think that you might've put it in the worst column. So what, what's your emotional attachment to this one that you hate? I just can't stand Ryan Gosling and he's in it. So oh, okay, why? Because he's prettier than you. Because he's the same guy in every movie. He's uh, the same character sure? in every. He was in yeah. that. What was that movie? Uh, yeah. Wasn't he in a movie with The Rock? What? Like Drive or something like that. The Rock's not in that. No. Drive sucks. That movie sucks. Okay. I don't know if Dude. I've actually watched the movie. I'm actually just picturing the cover of the movie. Yeah, no, it, it's no. That movie sucks. It's okay. the same. It's, it's the same dry sort of. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So mine. Uh, 
like I said, I all my best movies, I tried to pick one from every or from five different sports. So oh, okay. uh, number two basketball is Coach Carter. As I like Coach Carter. Another one like a feel good. Uh, so my number three is actually Warrior. Okay. Do you like that movie? One of the most ridiculous stories of all time, but yeah, I enjoyed it as like an MMA it. fan. I mean, the fact that they fought two days in a row is well, I mean, preposterous, but yeah, yeah. it's an it's it's an <clears throat> it's an okay movie. I like I think, the, I, I, like the I like the storyline. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah, it, it's a good movie. It's <laughs> but it, I liked it because it kind of opened up a new demographic to MMA because Tom Hardy was in it, right? So. Yeah, no, I like it. It's definitely not in my anywhere in my even top ten, but sure, I like it. Whatever. <laughs> hey, <laughs> did you see? Uh, I'm I'm sure you've seen Southpaw, right, with Jake Gyllenhaal. What is it? Southpaw. Oh yeah, I like Southpaw. Were you a fan? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then what about the Fighter with Mark Wahlberg? Love it. Love it. Okay. Yeah, you gotta love the Fighter. My wife even likes the Fighter. Wow. She usually like if, if if I make her watch a sports movie, she's like immediately like annoyed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but she actually like well, how can you not like Christian Bale in that movie? Like, come on, man! Like that guy, what an like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean the story behind that too. Again, growing up as a boxing fan, I knew about the the Mickey Ward Arturo Gotti story and all that good stuff. So yeah, I already had sort of a, a recollection of that happening and. Um, so I was definitely as soon as I found out, like, oh, they're making a movie about Mickey Ward. I'm, I'm in. Like, I was in. It could have been a shit, a stinker movie. I probably still would have liked it, provided that the lead actor looked somewhat convincing. Do you know Mark Wahlberg looked good? Right. He, he looks like he can throw a punch, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. So that was your top five. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, hang on, hang on. No, th- those two were just on the on. A, those were just side notes. I was just curious oh, okay. on if you'd seen them or not. Uh, yeah. The Sandlot is my baseball movie. God. It's a classic, man. I think it's so overrated. It's a classic. I, I liked it when I was a kid, but watching it as an adult, I'm like, I can't. This is, um, no, I, but yeah, it's it is a classic for sure. Yeah, and then I went with Tin Cup for golf. <sighs> I don't know if I know another golf movie, so yeah, I'm with you. Like, there, is there, there another there, golf movie? There's quite a few, like uh, the Greatest Game Ever Played with Shia LaBeouf. Did you ever see that? You see my face, right? <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. No, I have not seen Hey, he that. used to, he used to be a good actor by the way. Uh, you know what? The movie that he's in that I I fucking love because it's it it doesn't get old. Like if it were on TV right now, I would watch it. Is Disturbia. That is a really good movie. I love that movie. Uh-huh. Like that's a fun movie, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else, I don't I don't even know God, I don't even know what else he's been in that I've seen. I mean, a lot of the other stuff was like younger, like he did Holes. Yeah, I don't see yeah. like Disney stuff. You millennials, I don't, I don't know anything about oh, that geez, shit. I'm not that far behind you. I'm technically my month and date of birth. I'm, I'm technically considered a millennial, but no. Um. <laughs> so you have a call. I didn't even think about. Well, I'm not. I didn't do the a movie for every sport. Tin Cup. So wait, you've named two golf movies. What's another golf movie? Uh. I don't know. Off exactly. the top of my, off the top of my the head, I don't know. The Legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> That's a golf movie, right? Yeah. Is that Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, right, will, so I, 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 I was trying. Well, I was trying to think of movies that, 
like was quite quite a bit focused on the actual sport. Like I didn't want to do a movie that had somebody playing the playing basketball in it for a little bit, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like like I could I put, could have picked like White Men Can't Jump. I love that movie. What other sports you got to name? <laughs> About the Jamaican bobsled team, Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Name another. I, you know what? I don't think another... I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that full movie. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. No, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I haven't actually. Nope. You're a terrible person. Nope, haven't seen it. So wait, so you had an Olympic sport category as well? I guess. Okay. <laughs> what else? There's no Are categories here. I'm just throwing what? shit out. No, we're, that's all. That's all I got. We're going crazy with Tin Cup and Cool Runnings. I think, but. Tin Cup, actually, Tin Cup's actually, a, as much as I hate saying it, it's a good movie. I like that movie. I'm just glad Anytime I got it. Anytime they make Don Johnson look like a dick, <laughs> I'm in. What about, uh, like, Gridiron Gang? Were you a fan of that movie? I've never seen it. Is that oh, The Rock? shit, yeah, really. Rock yeah, and Exhibit? No, I just, I was not interested. Wow. Just didn't care. You gotta give it a shot um, sometime. I've heard that it's good, but no. Exhibit, Jesus. Pimp your ride. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'll give you, are you done? Uh-huh, yeah. You, you named them all? Yeah, go ahead. Like I said, you lost me a Cool Runnings, but. Well, uh, so Number five for me is Miracle. Okay. About the uh, U.S. hockey team defeating right. Russia. Yeah. Really good movie. Really fun, really well done. Who was, who was the star in that? Kurt Russell played the coach. Okay. And then a bunch of, you know, sort of no-name actors to play all Because, to be honest with you, it kind of fits the story because they put together a team of all college kids. You know, they didn't put have pros play against the Russian uh, – in the Olympics. So right. it's a, such a good movie. I mean, that story itself, I mean, it's one of the greatest sports moments in American history, in history, period. But right. so that movie's really fun. Uh, really good and i also kind of like they it, it was kind of like a, i think it was rated pg because it was a disney movie so the fact that yeah. they could do that and not ha- not be over the top with it you know what i mean like typically with a hockey movie you're thinking slap shot everything's just a profane and like right rock them sock em robots on the ice and shit so number four is varsity blues okay i did not expect that, that to come from you for some reason that oh i love that movie and it's good football though man they hired college athletes yeah. you know former college players and shit to play to be in the background and james vanderbeek most people don't know this played football in high school so when he threw a football he knew how to throw a football looked convincing <laughs> he looked yeah. convincing so yeah. um but that movie was like came out at a time of my life too like you know i was that that movie was everything that was like uh that was high school for me essentially so you know house parties and after games and stuff like that that was what i was that's what I was like living at the time. So it just did struck a chord with me. So number three is above the rim. I don't know if I've actually seen, I know like I can even picture the cover in my head, but I don't know if I actually seen the movie or not. It's what made the song regulate by Warren G famous, but that was, Tupac's, like, that was like Tupac's breakout sort of role too. But, uh, no, I, I love that movie. So, again, that, so that's a different time. So, Varsity Blues was high school. Above the Rim was, like, elementary school, you know. 
And it was like right when I was at the the peak of my like I've discovered rap and hip hop and it's all I know. Right. You know what I mean? Like that movie came out right at that time. So um, but again, good basketball in the movie, like just a really good movie in general. Good story. You know, you got the high school high school kid. He's kind of like growing up with a single parent, doesn't really know. He's kind of, you know, vulnerable to what's happening around him. He's easily influenced. So he gets influenced by the wrong crowd at first, but then he kind of recovers from that. But Dwayne Martin, the guy who plays the kid, played college basketball. So again, looked really great doing it. <laughs> Number two is White Man Can't Jump. There you go. One of my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. One of the funniest movies still to me. I actually saw a, a Billy Hoyle shirt on Instagram the other day. Wow. Did you buy it? I, 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 no, I should have. <laughs> it was a white shirt. I don't like wearing white t-shirts. Otherwise, if it would have been any other color, I probably would have got it. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I remember like when that was going on. He's you know, like Wesley Snipes, like studied martial arts, knows all that shit, really like athletic. But the director of the movie, whose name has escaped me, but said that uh, uh, Woody Harrelson was actually a better basketball player and better athlete than Wesley Snipes. Really? Take that for what it's worth. I don't know. Huh. I think Wesley Snipes could uh, wheel kick him in the face. But You would think. but. <laughs> and then number one's obvious for me. Number one's Major League. Yeah, I've, already, I've already talked about it. So. Yeah. Because of your emotional attachment. Yeah. Like honorable mentions would be like The Natural, for sure. The Program, Rudy, Hoosiers. I've, all good. So when all good movies. Rudy was a really good movie. I just I've heard so many bad stories about the actual guy. Really? Yeah. Like what's one of the just, bad stories? Just like himself as a person, like he apparently will still go to the campus and just sit outside trying to sign stuff for people and everything, even like to this yeah. day. What? Ugh, that's gross. I know it is, isn't it? Ugh. Yeah, so All right, that... Rudy's, off, Rudy's off the list. <laughs> Sorry, Sean Astin. Um, yeah. So I mean, not don't don't hold me to that, but I I have been told that. So, but God, I know it sucks. I'm sorry. You get so emotionally uh, attached to things, and then your heart gets ripped out. <laughs> yeah, there's a a fight movie that came out fairly recently too. It's about Vinny Pazienza. Oh God, what's it called? Miles Teller played him, and it was actually really good. Uh, the previews didn't make it to me. The previews I, did no justice. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember seeing the previews for it. I'm looking it up because I have to know now. Because if you haven't seen it, I think you did, should. Did, My, did Miles Teller have any previous experience at all doing, or did he train? I, not that I know of. I mean, those guys go through like boxing training. I right. feel like that's like, you know, not that it's easy to box by any means, but I feel like you know, my mom could go to the gym today and take boxing lessons. You know what I mean? Right. Taking like basketball lessons or how to hit a curveball lessons, not as easily accessible and like easy to do. And again, not that boxing is easy, but I, you know, those guys, when they do those, like Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal trained for like, I think, I think they said like two years before he actually went into like shoot that Southpaw. Like, wow. And he was in incredible shape for that too. Um, what, about, what about here comes the boom? Never seen it. Are you kidding me? Is that the Kevin James? Uh huh. Never seen it, man. Man. Um, bleed for this is what it's called. Bleed for this. Okay. It's really good. Anyway, 
no, here comes, no, I haven't seen Here Comes the Boom. <laughs> you no. should. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I can. What was the movie um, that it had so much controversy behind it because the storyline was uh, way off, but I can't, I can't remember his name now. Rogan talks about it all the time, but Steve Carell was the coach. Foxcatcher. Yeah, Fox, that's it, yeah. Did you see that? Did you watch that movie? I, I, I love that movie. I think it's an outstanding movie, but yeah, he's right. Like they changed, there were, there were, there were things that they alluded to. Well, the thing that Joe Rogan always talks about is the final, the ending of the movie. Mark Schultz actually goes and fights MMA for real. Yeah. Uh, but they have him fighting a Russian in the movie. Oh yeah. But it's that's well right. documented. He fought Gary Goodrich, uh, who's like kind of an MMA legend. Yeah. That kind of is an MMA legend. So Rogan always goes on about it. Like, how can you change history like that? Why wouldn't you just have, a black guy in the movie that looks somewhat like Gary Goodrich and just keep right. history in line with what, you know, uh, but the, there's stuff in that movie. Like they had him like the whole, was, like, like the get the gay thing. And he was like all doing low and he like yeah. dyed his hair blonde and he would like became like Steve Carell's little like bitch boy. I was like, what, what is this about? Yeah. It was really like made me uncomfortable. Like they're on like a helicopter flying to some award that Carell was getting or Carell's character was getting. And like, he has him do blow. And then now that he's done blow once he all of a sudden becomes gay for this guy. I was just like, <laughs> and we, yeah. I mean, again, we don't know if that's true. Right. Uh, but like, yeah, that was weird. That's a good, it's still a good movie, man. Um, Steve Carell did phenomenal in that movie. Who? Steve Carell did phenomenal in that movie. I thought everybody was phenomenal yeah. in that movie. Yeah. I thought Mark Ruffalo was good. And, yeah. and, when we're talking about guys looking convincing, I thought he and Channing Tatum, yeah. as far as wrestling goes, looked really good. They just they looked the part. So right, yeah, that was a good movie. Foxcatcher, I haven't seen. I've only seen that the one time. I don't know. Maybe that's one of those movies you don't need to see again though, because it's so such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, very dark. But yeah, Carell was really good in that. Yeah. And there yeah. was another movie that came out at that same time as that. That was supposed to be controversial too, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Is that all your honorable honorable mentions that you got? Uh, there are a lot, man. Um, it's hard to make a top five. I could have done a top ten for sure. Did I say the program? Yeah, you did. And the natural. You mixed yeah. put those two together. Bringing Omar Epps back into the conversation. Omar hated you in Major League Two, but loved you in the program. So. What about uh? That was Omar Epps in uh, Love and Basketball, right? Did you ever see Love and Basketball? That's a good movie, man. That's a good yeah. movie. I'm an, Omar, I'm an Omar Epps fan regardless. Yeah, I like him. Just that you can't play Willie Mays Hayes. Sorry, sorry, bro. Yeah. But I do like him. Yeah, Like Juice, Higher Learning, all those movies. He's great in those movies. I even liked him in like uh, the show House. Did you ever watch House? No. No? No. What is House? The uh, Dr. Greg House. The shows all surround surrounds him. I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. He's just a like a cocky, Vicodin addicted doctor who's an hmm. asshole to everybody underneath him. But Omar Epps is one of them, and yeah, it's a it's actually a really good show. Does Omar Epps play a doctor? Uh huh. Huh. House. I'll have to. I, I honestly I can't picture what that is. I'll have to look at. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, you will for sure. <laughs> TV shows, man. I'm kind of. I'm weird about TV shows too. If I don't sound weird enough about sports movies or dickhead enough about sports movies, I'm probably worse on TV shows, man. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just like what I like. I don't know. Like I've tried, I've tried with certain like game of Thrones and 
Breaking Bad. I've never, I've never seen any Game of Thrones at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, my wife loves it, and I remember she. So I finally was like, "Fine, what is it? Season two? We're on episode four. Sure, I'll watch this. There's no context." <laughs> so I sit down. I fell asleep in five minutes, man. Five minutes, and then I woke up to a guy getting his face, his like skull crushed with a guy's bare hands, and I was like, ah, and fell back asleep. Like I just <laughs> okay. I tried, man. I just I I just like what I like. Uh, yeah, it was that Breaking Bad. I try, man. I really tried with Breaking Bad because I understood why people like it, uh-huh. and why you know the the. But it was so boring to me. I just I'm I'm for some reason really I, I don't dive in head first with everybody else. You know, people dive in like yeah. Game of Thrones and stuff like that. I normally give something at least a couple of seasons before I even start attempting to watch any of it. I mean, I've got yeah. some, I've got some shows that like I, I always anything that I've gotten into that I really liked, I got into when it was like in the third or fourth season already, right. which actually is beneficial now that it's all Netflix and stuff like that because you can watch three seasons if you're going to binge versus having right. to, you know, watch a little bit here and a little bit there. But like uh, Sons of Anarchy, I was a big fan of Sons of Anarchy. Breaking Bad was another one. Game of Thrones I have not watched. Um, but I like a lot of other uh, just ridiculous shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And, well, I love, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's a whole different ballgame. Well, I mean, that's yeah. comedy. I'm, I'm kind of like, all right. I mean, that's what it – well, actually, no, I'm not because – for the longest time, people were like, How I Met Your Mother is the funniest thing ever. I watched one episode and I was enraged that I actually were, I no, I'm good. Same thing with like Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I was like, All right, I want to see what everyone's talking I want to see what everyone's talking about. And I was just like, I, I, am, I, am I supposed to be laughing? Like, I know there's a laugh track, like, right. but I'm like, I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. What was the other one? Walking Dead. Like, tried i didn't give a shit yeah i gave it i honestly gave it like four or five seasons and then there was one point where i was just like no i'm done Mad Men. i did manage to make it through a season because uh don draper john ham's character uh-huh. is such a hateable dude yeah that's why i was watching the show just to hate him even more every really? episode i hate him more yeah but then i was like all right i can't i'm i don't care anymore like i i, I didn't I, finish it well no actually i think i just finished it uh a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it took me like I was in, I was really invested for like the first few seasons and then it started to tape off, taper off a little bit, but I'd watch it here and there and then I finally finished it. Yeah, no, it's meh. Don't care. I like, care. I, I like I like John Hamm though. I like him as an actor. Yeah, well, he's a St. Yeah. Louis guy, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean I but I'm trying to think of like what he's been in that I like. I was when I was like, looking at sports movies, when I was looking them up, it was showing that he was in a sports movie, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what sport it was or anything. I mean, he was funny in Bridesmaids. Um, Gee. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> what else has he been in? I don't know, but you just made yourself sound terrible. You're like over here down in my, my shows and movies, but you're talking about Bridesmaids. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't think Bridesmaids is funny? I mean, it's it's it is what it is. Oh my god! What, <laughs> dude? The girl shits in the street in a wedding dress. Okay, cool. I all right. That movie's hilarious, dude. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> um, 
you know what? And see, now I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself. Ben Affleck is in a movie that I like, and John Hamm is in it too. It's called The Town. Oh, that is a good movie. Yep, I, I forgot about it actually. I like that movie. Yeah. Damn. See. You're welcome. Asshole, I just, we decided we had to stick it out long enough. I'm, that's my goal on every episode now is just stick it out long to enough to where I can. Like jerk, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Make me look like the biggest hypocrite. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> it usually happens. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm used to it at this point. <laughs> so what do you think, man? You want to sew this one up? Yeah, because I got a piss and my coffee's cold. Uh, okay. I wouldn't mix those things, two things together. I'd just I'd do yeah. one before the other probably. All right, man. Well, I think I mean, uh, my timer says 126. Yeah, so. I got 115 on recording, so cool. I think it's solid. Yeah, covered the gamut for for now. We got more to yeah. come. I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. 